0: Hey Volleyball Coaches, the new USA Volleyball Coach Academy is available now. Subscribers will have access to engaging interactive modules taught by top coaches from across the country, including national team coaches and staff. From fundamentals to advanced play, all coaching content is based on the USA Volleyball Development Model to help you coach the whole athlete. USA Volleyball members will have free access to the bronze tier. When you're ready to level up, you can subscribe to the silver or gold tiers, Live online sessions are only available in the gold tier. Watch out for more information on USA Volleyball social media and the USA Volleyball website. City, Colorado Springs, Colorado. This is the USA Volleyball Show and here are your hosts Clarence Hughes
1: and Stephen Munson.
0: Hello and welcome to the USA Volleyball Show, the official podcast of USA Volleyball. My name is Steven Munson flying solo today. Unfortunately, Clarence Hughes is not with me. He is Out traveling the world. We'll find out where he is in our next episode. Um, But out traveling the world, preparing for the upcoming event season. Uh, So we'll catch up with Clarence Hughes in part two of this week's episodes. That's right. This is a two part uh, series of episodes. We're focusing all on the officiating side of volleyball. So we're really excited for the guests that we have lined up for you today. But we'll get right into it uh, with a quick intro here. In case you missed it, check out our milestone episode 50, featuring two-time Olympian and Olympic bronze medalist Kabika Soji. We talk all about his retirement, uh, his amazing, awesome career. We talk to him about playing, competing, uh, his favorite highlights, memories from his career, um, playing days, uh, and then also just kind of catch up with him and, and hear his thoughts about what it meant to play with his brother, uh, of course, Eric Soji and uh, winning uh, at all levels of the game, competing with him at all levels of the game, uh, which included a NCAA national championship uh, as well as an Olympic bronze medal. Great episode for you. Go back and check it out uh, if you haven't already. Uh, again, that's episode 50, our milestone episode 50. Uh, really excited to to have Kavika join, join us on that episode. <laughs> Uh, again, we're gonna we're gonna catch up with Clarence in part two of this uh, of this series of episodes this week. and because of that, we're gonna skip the news with Hughes uh, for this episode. We'll have that for you in part two. but without further ado all right on to today's episode today's show. We are excited for this two part series we have two USA Volleyball officials to talk to about their experiences in officiating, uh, their volleyball journeys, they tell us stories uh, from their experience in officiating. Uh, In this first part, really excited to have Jen K. Vandermeer. Jen has been around the game of volleyball since she was a very young kid uh, that's on the indoor side, uh, beginning with her club team, and then even grew up around the beach game too, with her father being an AVP official. So let's jump right into it. Here's Jen. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get started. Jen, thank you so much for for taking the time to sit down with us. We're really excited for this episode to talk all about officiating with you and as well as just to get to know you a little bit. Uh, Thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be on here and finally meet you guys Uh, (laughs) because normally I'm just running around at tournaments. And so I don't good to see all the behind the scenes Curtis and I have seen each other here and there Clarence and I have seen each other mi- very short I mean yeah otherwise I'm just running around so super excited to meet all you guys
0: yeah great to meet you and and now when I see you at events I'll, I'll be able to stop you as you're sprinting to your next court
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <You gotta laughs> <hi>. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Yeah, right. Exactly.
1: Because I'm horrible <laughs> with names and faces. So.
0: <laughs> I'll wear yeah. my headphones. Uh, maybe <laughs> that will help uh, jog your memory now. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <that's> <laughs> awesome. Jen, uh, a little bit about you. How How were you introduced to the game of volleyball that we all love?
1: Uh, I come up from a big volleyball family. My parents met through volleyball, and they actually um, – started a volleyball club. So I'm one of five kids in our family and we just, we were in diapers in the volleyball, we were in, at the beach, volleyball. Um, everyone we meet through our parents are like, oh, we've known you since you were that big and is somewhere at volleyball. So we've grown up in there. Um, I grew up on the AVP tour because my dad's a volleyball AVP official. So I grew up with Misty and Carrie and Todd and Phil, I mean, EY, Holly McPeak, everyone. So I remember April's first tournament. I mean, it was really fun to grow up in the volleyball community. So we were homeschooled too, so we could just do our schoolwork on the beach and we're good.
0: <laughs> Did you grow up in California?
1: <laughs> no, I grew up in Michigan. So born and raised in Michigan and... Um, yeah. I've, yeah. I've probably been in California like twice in my life. So um, that's about it. But yeah,
0: <laughs> I know that's like a you big start. hub for AVP. So I was just curious Yeah, if, if you if you grew up there. Or, uh, so I know, uh, I know it tours around the U.S.
1: Yeah. So back then the tours used to be MBO and Huntington and I think San Diego. But they also had Cleveland and Louisville and just a lot of Midwest tours too. And then Chicago has been there for a while. Um, And then Muskegon, Michigan, they've had, they brought it back this year, which was super awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was going to a tournament, so (laughs) wasn't there, but that's all right.
2: You mentioned that you grew up like around like the ABP side of things there. Um, uh, Did you ever make or or how was that transition into indoor? And, you know, that comparison to both of those games.
1: I have a really cool story. Um, So Carrie Walsh is probably one of the nicest people that you will ever meet. And so seven, eight year old me, um, saw Carrie just warming up by herself because Missy was running late and so I go up to her and I was like will you pepper with me and she said if you can find a volleyball then I'll pepper with you and it felt like the world to me and so we peppered and no one in my family would believe it unless my sister was there but we get, Missy finally showed up and they were getting ready for their finals match and um Before they were done, Carrie was like, we need to give you guys a nickname. We need to give you a nickname. And I was like, okay. And she said, how about little Carrie? And then she said, no, I don't like that. She said, how about Junior Misty? And I was like, okay, I like that. And um, then she just proclaimed it to everyone watching around the court because, I mean, the court just got surrounded by people. And it was so cool. I signed my first autograph as Junior Misty after that. And that really built who I wanted to be as an athlete. Um, There was so much inspiration behind that, which propelled me through my high school club collegiate professional career. So I'm very thankful that people like them take time out of their days to influence the younger crowd.
2: What a cool oh, wow. snare! That's awesome. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say now. Now we know what to call you when, when you when we see you running <laughs> court to court. Oh my gosh,
1: <laughs>
2: Junior Misty! <No.
1: laughs> <Yeah>. like, what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Um, so. You mentioned just who that's kind of defined who you wanted to be as a professional player uh, or as an athlete uh, in general. Talking a little bit about your your uh, playing background, um, did you start with beach? Did you start with indoor? Uh, what were those early years uh, playing volleyball like for you?
1: Um, well, it snows a lot in Michigan, and the spring season's not great. So, since my parents had a volleyball uh, club. We spend just about every waking moment in there every day. Uh, so indoor, majority, but my dad runs beach tournaments in Holland, Michigan. So during the summer we'd play during the week, we play the weekends, we play in the tournaments, um, but I'd say primarily indoor. I fancy that a lot more than just me and one other person on the court. So <laughs> um, yeah, I'm more towards more towards indoor, but I've played in a few AVP events. Um, but I enjoy it.
0: What club? What club? Uh, you said your parents own a club or started a club. What club is that?
1: Yeah, so they started a club in 2002 and it went until like 2017. And it was called Carby DM Volleyball, and uh, they still run that name with the beach tournaments that they still run, so yeah, it's really fun
0: <laughs> and then. So early years you played a lot of indoor with, with your club. Uh, and then did you play in college as well? Uh, where did, where did you play in college? Uh, what was that transition? Like, uh, going to yeah. that? Yeah.
1: So, um, with my parents volleyball club, we didn't have a high school season, but we found out somehow we were able to build a team. So we actually built a team from girls who were cut from their club teams. for their high school teams and made a team and then we actually went to high school tournaments and just swept everybody out of the water um (laughs) i think yeah we've got like four four trophies four tournament trophies because we just went in and basically slaughtered everybody Um, and then the transition to college Um, from a homeschool high schooler going into college, it was pretty difficult. Um, I'm super outgoing, but the testing and the whole new vibe of all these different girls coming together, um, it was strange. Uh, It didn't work well for me. I actually played less than us, less than one season, my first uh, season in college. Transferred, redshirted, took time off, finally went back to school um, in spring of 2017. I went to uh, where I graduated from, Davenport Volleyball, and um, played two years there, and then decided I wanted to go play overseas.
0: I don't think we've talked with anyone on this podcast who was homeschooled and then, you know, went to play college volleyball. Um, I guess, could you dive into a little bit more of the kind of the nitty gritty there and how that went for you? What what did you learn? What lessons did you take away? Any any and then any, any advice that you'd have for anyone who might be listening who's kind of going through that same experience?
1: Yeah, I would definitely say take a step back and listen. Um, I went in guns blazing (laughs) to my first college team, and it didn't work out for me. Uh, Being coached by my parents, nothing against them, love them to death. It's not okay to treat your college coaches like your parents, so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I always ask though, well, why are we doing this drill? Because that's not how we did it in at club. And I had a lot of, I knew a lot of drills from club and from my parents. And so I thought I knew a lot, but I didn't. So anyone who's going into their first college season, I'd say take a step back because you have four years and you're not in a rush because and it's probably going to be the last four years that you're going to play. So you want to make them count. And the more you listen, the more you learn. And the more you learn, the better you are. Not only as a human, but also as a player, too.
0: Yeah, I think it's a tough transition because you kind of touched on it a little bit. Is You go from, especially when you're a senior in high school and, and you're a senior at your club, you go from kind of being that the top dog uh and you you know the club you know the system that you're playing like the back of your hand and you go to something completely new and you're almost starting fresh and yeah not only that yeah. is the talent pool at that level is is so much higher and smaller than than yeah. what you had in your in your hometown and uh playing for club um So yeah, definitely it was interesting. I I had no idea before we talked that you were homeschooled. So it's just interesting to hear that experience from from you.
1: Yeah, I mean, going from homeschool to D2 was hard on both levels of sports and academics. Um, School is not my first choice. (laughs) If I could have just gone play professionally right out of high school, I would have done that. But the U.S. doesn't offer that. And I obviously wasn't ready for it. Um, God's timing played a hand in all of my college career and my professional career. So, um, I just kind of learned to go with the flow. So. Um,
2: what, what did you major in, in college? Since you kind of briefly touched on that.
1: I majored in international business, uh, no minor. So because I got to my third university in the spring, um, None of my credits transferred over because I was a, I had taken time off of school. And um, so I got in to the D2 school and they're like, so you're supposed to be a, a NCAA junior. Your credits right now are NCAA freshman. So in order to play in the fall, you have to pass 38 credits. And so thankfully I had grown so much in life skills and volleyball and academics and everything, um, that I was able to pass 11 classes in that spring semester and then two uh, full-time classes in the summer to be able to play. Um, So just going into that was really different, but when I decided to choose my major, They're like, well, you can do business in two and a half years. I said, can you put a flair on it? So they said, how about international business? I was like, great, because I want to travel. Traveling's my favorite. One of the other reasons why I chose to officiate, because I get to choose my own schedule. I get to decide where I'm going to go. So in January, I'm going to go to Florida because it's warm. (laughs) And I'm going to go to Texas because it's warm. So yeah. But uh, definitely one of the reasons why I chose international business.
2: I think that perfectly segues into, you know, our next question. We were going to ask you, you know, what what got you into officiating and, you know, why do you, why do you choose to do it?
1: Yeah, so my dad got me into officiating and I've actually been officiating for 12 or 13 years already. Uh, I started when I was 13 or 14 uh, at my parents' club because when I wasn't playing, He's like, make money in ref. Okay. Yeah. So 14-year-old <laughs> me is making $20 a match, you know, adds up, which is really nice. Um, so I really didn't fall in love with refine until probably maybe when I was like 19. So like five years ago. Because six, seven. Wow. I'm old. Um, <laughs> uh, cause that's when I found out that I can travel for it and refing's going to be there for me, uh, before, during and after college and before and after my professional career. Um, you can choose your schedule. You can choose where you go, how many days you want to work. Um, It's very taxing on the body. I think we do 40 hours in three days of work, but with the people that you meet at all the tournaments, whether it be coaches, players, other officials, it's spectacular. I know so many people all over the U.S. and really enjoy being able to connect with them.
2: What's the most rewarding part about, you know, officiating a match or just being an official? And you touched on a few things of, you know, getting to travel, meeting, you know, yeah. some pretty amazing people and setting your own schedule, but what is what are some of the more rewarding things in that realm?
1: Um, I think the most rewarding thing for me is the camaraderie between officials because we're all independent contractors um we don't all live in the same city we don't all see each other every day like you would your your work friend um so it's really rewarding to be able to not only be like hey what tournament are you going to okay I'm gonna put that on my schedule I'm gonna you know we'll be able to see each other but then also during the match Every match is rewarding in itself because you get to learn something different every point of the game. I've I've played my whole life and I'm still learning things not through a playing uh like as a player but as an official. I'm like, wow, that was a really good play. I really like how you ran that. So I don't know if any of this makes sense. But like, to me, the most rewarding part is just seeing the team who went 0-3 one day and winning a set or a match the next day. And you're like, okay, yay. Because I mean, we, we see a lot more volleyball than people think. Um, and we see a lot of teams grow throughout the season, which is awesome. And then we get to see them play in college. And social media has done a great job of like, here's the new incoming class for these colleges and here's who they're playing for in club. I mean, you you can go and watch that. Um, But yeah, if anything, if it comes down to anything, it's just rewarding to be able to see friends for three days, every four days.
0: It's like a, a little a community within a community, the officiating community within the volleyball community.
1: It um, really is. Yeah.
0: You talked about uh, learning um, and that you're continuing to learn more about the game that you had bef- knew before, even though you've been involved in the sport since, like you said, in diapers. Uh, <laughs> but... For for a young player out there, and and I, I know from my coaching days, um, having to work the games that you know when you're off, having to to call lines as a kid, and you know having to to run the scorebook as a kid, not always the most exciting thing,
1: right? Um,
0: but uh, and and not something you want to do. Um, but what can what, I guess from your own experience? What did you learn from starting? to do those things uh doing those uh, do officiating so early on uh that made you into a better player um and in, in your career going into college and in, into your professional career
1: oh uh i feel like that's a loaded question um
0: how did I guess how did how did officiating make you a better player? Just seeing the game from a different perspective. I know for me, uh, when I started coaching,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I I I had never seen the game from that angle, from that perspective. Yeah. And I and I was able to, you know, find find own uh my own like mm-hmm. Maybe techniques that I was doing wrong or incorrectly, and, and right. could see that, you know, the hitting technique at a different perspective. And I'm like, oh, I'm I'm doing my approach wrong. Uh, yeah, something like that. That maybe you that was just like a light bulb moment for you.
1: Uh, it, my court awareness skyrocketed. Um, just being able to see the court from the ref stand. Yeah, helped tremendously. Um with my playing skills. I played libero my freshman year at my first university, center my second year, and then when I went back, I played uh, pin hitter at my third university. So it really just enhanced all of the court awareness for me. Um, Knowing where the lines are, knowing what the antennas are, and actually, um, In my senior year, I knew when the other coach was going to be taking a timeout. So I'd already be celebrating the timeout before he officially even whistled it. (laughs) Um, But I don't think that's a bad thing because it keeps me so engaged in the game, um, knowing what's going around. I honestly didn't pay attention to the refs when I played in college. I paid attention to the team's bench, my bench, the coaches, and the people on the other side of the net from me. Um, So, and really transferred over to beach too. Um, So I get my foot on the line in indoor. Okay, well, I do a little toe grab to the line in sand, (laughs) you know, so I know that I'm on it. Um, Some beaches have antennas on the court, some people, some don't, but just being visually aware of what's around you has been
0: monumental in my playing career I think that's so cool you you learn so much from playing the game but you don't always think about what you can learn when you're not playing the game
1: yeah Uh,
0: and I I just think that's such a cool thing that we've talked about with some guests before but uh, I don't think we've ever talked about it from the officiating perspective (laughs) Uh, so thank you so much for sharing that that's awesome what's
2: like a a really cool or funny or memorable story you remember uh you have from you know being up on the ref stand
1: oh my gosh um we were in (laughs) we're in Fort Lauderdale for the USAV high performance in 2019 and I just got my junior national patch I'm like feeling really good it's you know invite only and my brother's there with me who's also an official we're meeting these new people and I'm on the court and I'm I'm beckoning to serve and this stranger just walks across my court and I'm like I kind of internally freaking out because I'm trying to stop the play and I just stand there and they just go and decide to talk to the the coach on the court and then the team leaves the court and then they go over to the other coach and they leave the court. And I'm like, what is happening? And so they finally come to me and I'm like, um, what? And they said, there's been a water main break and the tournament is no longer running today. And I said, so what am, what am I supposed to do? And they said, get off the stand and go home. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Um, But it ended up being really fun. So every hotel, every place, no water, everything was shut down. You you can only get dry food from places. I mean, it was a mess. But all the officials got to get together, which was really cool. And at tournaments, we don't get to do that. We wake up super early, ref eight to 12 matches a day, go to bed super late and do it again for two more days. And we see each other in passing, give hugs, pull in someone's pant leg while you're walking by, tap on their foot, you know, make funny faces across the court. So you get them to laugh. Um, But it was really cool because we got to just sit there, sit there. We were at the pool. So (laughs) Um, we got to connect and meet a lot of people. And we got to learn more about USA Volleyball as a whole. And everybody who ran the tournament was there. So we actually got to converse with them. And it wasn't a business on business. It was a friendly engagement at the pool. And I think... You know, we're all talking about, oh, well, they came on my court and they told me first, but they didn't tell Jen first. You know, they just let her sit up there like a chicken with her head cut off. And uh, it was just it was funny, but fun at the same time. We ended up playing the rest of that tournament. Uh, We started the next day. I think the first match was at 715 in the morning. And then so they basically played two days worth of volleyball of matches in one day. And I remember leaving on the electric scooter at 204 in the morning and then we had to wake up at seven again I
0: remember that tournament. I was, was, was
2: going to say that's actually an interesting perspective because I think I've heard that story from a few people. And, like, you know, your take on it is very different than Stevens. <laughs> like it's just so funny.
0: I wasn't oh, picturing USC yeah. volleyball yet, but that's so crazy.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah, I was there at that tournament, and sh- you just never know what you're gonna what you're gonna get at these tournaments. Um, been to some where there's been tornado warnings or tornadoes right outside oh haven't had that yet uh but there's there i remember they were talking about having to move maybe having to move the tournament to miami or like finding new hotels uh yeah but uh it was such a cool thing to see just everyone kind of come together and and figure it out too um
1: yeah and they were asking us. Yeah, they were asking us what we would want to do, you yeah, know, yeah. would you pl- would you stay? And we're like, we're in Fort Lauderdale, of course we'll stay. And um, I think someone ordered like 40 pizzas, so we got a whole bunch of pizza, and yeah, everyone really came together, which is nice, and they still do that, which is awesome, because you know that you're being taken care of. Um, Even as an independent contractor, because a lot of independent contractors are just kind of like, this is what I want you to do. Go do it. I'm not going to see you until you're done. But USAV does a good job of taking care of us.
0: Glad to hear that from from the officiating side. Um, Yeah, because we don't always hear that. So that's awesome. And we'll definitely pass that on uh, to everyone else at USA Volleyball. (laughs) Um, really quick, we're kind of we're kind of getting towards the end here, but wanted to and you've touched on this a little bit, but wanted to hear maybe your pitch for becoming an official, uh, especially for someone like yourself who had an awesome playing career, uh, got to travel the world, uh, got to play in college at the highest level. What What's your pitch for someone who is looking to still stay in the game, uh, but is no longer playing at, at, at the high level? Uh, to becoming an official.
1: Yeah, uh, if I weren't sort such of a bad coach, I'd probably be coaching. But I am horrible at coaching, <laughs> so I decided to become an official, um, where I secretly critique people on their coaching decisions. Like, you want to send them in? Okay, go ahead. That's fine.
0: You like look at them. <laughs> like, Are you ready? <laughs> uh,
1: are, you, are you sure? Okay. Um, no, Ruffin has been a really big staple for me after I decided to retire from my professional career Um, it really came up to I could play one more year professionally or I could be done and I could officiate and I actually just chose to officiate I mean when your body's done your body's done and so to anyone who wants to become an official it's a lot easier than you think Um, it pays really well people don't think that Um, and I I would probably put that as probably like the number two uh, on my list of like that's the second best thing that comes from officiating the first thing is all the people that you're going to meet you have no idea the amount of people that you're going to meet and it's just incredible Um, if you're done playing just try it you're never going to know until you try it. Yes, parents are getting a little crazier, but you know, we're, we're working on taking care of that, hopefully. So, I would just say, even if you're in high school right now, and you're trying to get money for college, and you're trying to save up for college, um, ref half a wave. Your region will let you ref half a day uh, or a full day if you want. And that's like three hundred dollars a day so when you do that for I'm not good at math but I mean if you do that for seven eight times or ten times that'd be three thousand dollars hey that's three thousand dollars towards your your college scholarship it's a lot easier than you think and it is really fun because you get to see people learn and grow and when you have the younger girls you can see like a light bulb click when they make their first serve over and they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, I went off on a rabbit trail, sorry, but.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love this. Thank you.
1: (laughs) just, Just try it. Honestly, it really doesn't cost much to start officiating and it rewards itself in who you meet, how much you get paid and where you travel to. So.
2: Yeah, uh, like Stephen mentioned, I know we're kind of coming up on time, but, um, you know, you kind of touched on a certain point where, you know, it's just you got to just take that first step. And, you know, once you do it, it's, you know, very rewarding. It's something you have fall in love with. What advice or words of wisdom do you have for officials out there who, you know, may be discouraged after. Uh, uh, a challenging match or you know uh, an upset parent heckling or <laughs> one of those you know unfortunate circumstances that do happen in the reality of fishing and the in the reality of club ball it really it really does yeah, yeah what what words of wisdom do you have for them to you know get through that
1: your reptine cadre is here for you and you honestly are not the only person you're not the first and you're not the last person to go through a really crappy game and horrible coaches and even worse parents. Um, And if you decide to card a player or a coach, you know, we're going to be there for you because at that point, if we don't do that, then refs aren't going to (laughs) exist. So for any ref out there who is a little burnt out, Uh, I was really burned out this past year. The greatest part about being an official is that we get to take our own time off and we get to decide, but we also get to have the connections to come up. I know I've gone into the ref room and gone, guys, I really messed up this, this call and I didn't handle sanctions right. Will you walk me through it? If you think... Planet Fitness is a judgment-free zone. USAV is like a judgment, judgment, judgment judgment-free zone because everyone would be like, well, let me, how did it go? What do you think you could do better? How can we help you for the future? And do you have any more questions or anything else like that? And I just think that it's just such a good cadre of officials that even if you are burned out and tired and you've been followed by a parent who decides that they wanna curse you out after a match, you know, like I have, but that's when you just go to someone and you go, I just need to sit here and cry for a second (laughs) because that's sometimes all you need to do. We're, We're told that, we're not told, but we have to give this facade like we are hard as rocks and nothing penetrates us and we are invincible as officials, but we are humans in the end. And it is okay to act like a human at the end of a rough day. So when you have a bad day, you make a bad call, we're gonna help you dust off your shoulders and stand you up straight and get you prepared for the next day.
0: It, I love that. It just goes goes back to, like you said, the cadre, the the officiating community, the family that officiating is, uh, as well as just at USA volleyball. Um, and I know Patty Rolf. we've had her on before. She's doing a great job, uh, directing with officials, love and um, kindness, love and kindness. Yeah. That was her, that was her phrase or saying, um, but uh, yeah, thank you so much for sharing so many great nuggets and, and wisdom and advice and just to learn more about you too was, was awesome uh, and just your journey through volleyball and where that's taken you all the way up to here with officiating.
1: Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it and getting to actually meet you guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see you at a tournament now. Um, I know.
1: It'll be, I think, so I did, uh, I've done 38, 40 matches in the last two years, and I'm actually only doing six next year, which is crazy. So I've decided to open up a seasonal breakfast cafe, and so opening that in March, so I'll be at like the first few 18s qualifiers, but after that, maybe girls championships, but
2: only opens, maybe? Um, To
1: play, probably. Ooh, okay. Ooh, yeah. Yes. I'll probably be there to play. I'll be either nice. center or uh, These shoulders have got nothing left
0: in them. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. I'm sure we'll see you around the volleyball yeah, world. And uh, good luck with your, yeah, your breakfast buffet. Is that what you said? Breakfast buffet?
1: Cafe,
0: yeah. Be- breakfast cafe. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> definitely have to keep us updated on that.
1: I will, Bef- for sure.
0: Before we let you go, is there any... For anyone listening who might have questions about you know anything in volleyball uh whether it's playing or officiating uh any way that they can reach out to you whether you know, social media or whatever
1: yeah social media uh i actually don't know what my instagram handle is um it's probably jen K J N N K A Y, and there's probably like three more y's after that and i think an underscore i'm not really sure but Otherwise, it's Jen K. Vandermeer on Facebook. You can find me there, add me, ask questions all you want. I'd be happy to introduce you into the world of officiating.
0: Awesome. Thank you. And we'll find we'll find your uh, Instagram handle. We'll share it. Uh, okay, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> so, but I'm sure if they just search your name, they'll be able to find you as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, Jen, well, thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah. This was awesome.
1: Yeah. Really appreciate what you're doing.
0: Thank you, and I'm sure we'll see you around. Thank you so oh, yeah. much.
1: Definitely, bye guys.
0: Bye. bye, bye. Awesome conversation that we had with Jen. Uh, really excited to have her on this podcast just to talk to her about her experience going from a volleyball player, uh, you know, growing up playing for her club Carpe Diem, uh, her her parents' club actually in Michigan, and going all the way to college, uh, playing professionally overseas, and then wanted to stick around the game of volleyball and actually ended up uh, following in her father's footsteps as an official. So she is still traveling the world uh, on the officiating side and staying close to the game, which is super cool. And I think just something that uh, listeners here, if you're playing volleyball right now, uh, at any level, high school, college, And you find that you're done with the game uh, on the competing side, playing side, uh, but you still want to be involved. Officiating is a great way to do that. Uh, Of course, coaching is another way you can do that. But I feel like officiating is often forgotten uh, as a way to stay close to the game. And I think there's some cool interactions uh, that you can have in officiating, which we hear a lot of that from Jen. So thank you again, Jen, for spending time with us. We enjoyed the conversation. A lot of great stuff uh, in there about how officiating has helped you uh play uh, or learn more about volleyball about the game that you just couldn't learn from the playing side which i think was awesome um growing up playing volleyball as a young kid uh, as we mentioned playing for your parents club in michigan again thank you for just talking to us about officiating uh interesting to hear you talk about how it's uh, helped you see the court differently uh from a different perspective um you're mentioning uh court awareness as was, uh I think an important part of the, of our conversation, a highlight for me, for sure that I, I don't think, you know, young kids playing the game. I certainly felt this too, but when you step away from playing, whether that's coaching or officiating, you, you see the game differently. You can see the techniques uh, you can, Read the court better. Um, And I think that's just a benefit if you if you're a young listener out there who's playing volleyball, go officiate. Uh, Do call the lines uh, at your at your matches, Uh, volunteer to to run the scorebook and just. uh, Absorb the game a different way and it will just make you a better player on the on the court so again thank you jen for taking the time to sit down with us we're really excited uh to have that conversation with you and definitely excited to keep the conversation going uh coming this friday uh, if you're listening to this on wednesday when this comes out coming this friday december 2nd we will have part two of our official series episodes we welcome another great usa ball Volleyball official Sean Davis. Sean has been officiating for quite some time. He also is an announcer for some of the gold medal matches at uh, our USAV National Championship events. Sean also shares a lot of great stories from his experience officiating. So really excited for that episode. Stick around uh, and check out that episode on Friday, December 2nd. To join this incredible community that helps grow the game, become a USA Volleyball official today. The best place to get started is by visiting our officials page on our website at usavolleyball.org. Now, on to upcoming events. The Beach Pro Tour Elite 16, Torquay, November 28th through December 3rd in Torquay, Australia. Beach Pro Tour features Subic Bay, December 8th through the 11th in Subic Bay, Philippines. The 2022 Norseca Continental Final, December 8th through the 12th in Punta Dominican Republic. On to the junior side of things, we have the Mountain Classic Boys Junior National Qualifier, December 2nd through the 4th in Salt Lake City, Utah. The SSOVA December BRQ, December 3rd through the 4th in St. Peter Beach, Florida. The USA Volleyball Beach Tour Hoosier Winter National Qualifier December 10th through the 11th in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Good luck to everyone and more details on all upcoming events can be found at usavolleyball.org. A few more indoor club event reminders. Registration is now open for the following events. The 2023 Salt Lake City Girls 18s Qualifier, Salt Lake City, Utah. Weekend one and weekend two of the Sunshine Classic Qualifier, Orlando, Florida. Weekend one and weekend two of the ASICS Show Me Qualifier, Kansas City, Missouri. And weekend one and weekend two of the Salt Lake City Qualifier, salt lake city utah good luck to all the teams in the registration process for more information on dates divisions deadlines can be found at usavolleyball.org remember listeners you can rate and review share with friends family teammates it really helps this podcast grow and reach new listeners thank you again for all your support do you know a club that should be featured, or maybe a player who has a great story that you'd like us to share? You can email us at the USAB show at usab.org. Leave us feedback and let us know about any future topics you'd like to hear on the show reminder new episodes drop every other wednesday with the exception of this week we got a special episode drop uh, as a reminder part two of our officials episode will be this friday december 2nd until next time thank you again for listening to the usa volleyball show the official podcast of usa volleyball this has been the usa volleyball show with clarence hughes and Stephen munson produced by curtis ward our content producer is laura fawcett our marketing lead is Bree J. Cox. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate and review. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the USA Volleyball Show on Apple
1: Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.